Broadcasting from the heart of commie-controlled America, the no-bullshit bear of doom and gloom, opium-free broadcast, the most important hour of your day. All right, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. My name is Josh, that is Vince Tagliabia. This is the Red Pill Project's Daily Dose, live with you Monday through Thursday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. This is where we bring you the unfolding global conspiracy of communist infiltration into the United States of America, into our social, our political, our academic, our cultural systems here. And uh, we are feeling it. We are seeing it. We are understanding that this is happening and it's unraveling. If you're like me, you're probably feeling a bit like this right now. I, you know, I'm feeling the same way. I, I'm feeling it. I understand it. I get you guys. I hear your cries for help. I hear your screams. Um, and I'm doing the same thing here. But, you know, one important factor is life must go on, is that we must continue our life. We must act as if, you know, we must act within our, our, our capabilities that, you know, everything is, is moving forth fine. And we have to continue with our life. It doesn't mean that we don't do preparation. It doesn't mean that we don't stay vigilant. We don't have situation, situational awareness. We don't, you know, it, it means that we, we understand this information, this higher level of knowledge, and we move forth with our life within to the future. And we do everything in our, in, our, in our ability with the possibilities that are arising to change the world into a better place, into the view that uh, we we wish to see the world, right? What Gandhi said is, uh, you know, be the change you wish to see in the world. And and I, I believe that wholeheartedly is that, you know, this world's future is uncertain, even though there is a select group or people that are moving the world towards one direction. You're, you're talking about, well, at least we're told, 8 billion people on this planet. Um, you know, a group right. of a few thousand people cannot manipulate all those people in that same direction. There's so many variables at play. And we have to understand that. And this is why we're here right now. And this is why we're watching this unfolding global conspiracy. This is why we're seeing moves and counter moves. This is why, you know, that that tomorrow is unpredictable in the sense of what's going to happen. We're going to talk a lot about that tonight. You know, last night we had the After Dark Chat. Yeah. And uh, right. it, was, it was actually really cool because... Uh, yeah. JTAC, our buddy, he was probably in the chat somewhere. He brought he he's been sending me this shit for weeks. And I've been not I haven't been ignoring it. I've just been really busy and he's like sending YouTube videos and information, right? Um, but he's talking about what's called lawful money. Okay. All right. So it reminded me of a um a documentary from a while back with a guy by the name of Aaron Russo. And Aaron Russo did a documentary in like 2009 called Freedom to Fascism, how the American um, economic system, financial system actually works. Now, Aaron Russo was a famous Hollywood producer. Okay. Okay. He did uh, The Rose with Bette Midler. He did Trading Spaces with uh, Dan Aykroyd and uh, Eddie Murphy, right? <clears throat> Excuse okay. me. And so he ended up dying in like 2010, 2011 of uh, very fast-acting cancer. I honestly think he was targeted. But one of his good friends was a guy by the name of Lawrence Rockefeller. Uh -huh. yeah, oh, yeah. The, the heir, one of the heirs to the Rockefeller dynasty. <clears throat> and Lawrence Rockefeller called him in one night, and they were having a drink, and, and kind of explained to him everything 
of the, the globalist plan to take over the world, to implement a one world government, how the financial system is completely corrupt and that the inca- income tax system is completely falsified and BS. And he told Aaron, he goes, you know, go find the rule, go find the law that you have to pay an income tax. There is nothing. And people will say, well, the 16th Amendment, which was ratified. Some people will say well, it wasn't ratified, right? Mm-hmm. See, the 16th Amendment is very, very interesting because if you go back into the Supreme Court and you look at the, the jurisprudence that pertains to the 16th Amendment, they say that no new amendment or law has been created by the creation of the 16th Amendment. What they're trying to say there is that Congress already had the right to wage taxes on income, right? Another Supreme Court case goes out there and actually defines income. Income is capital or gained from business transactions. It's not wages. Wages is an equal representation of your time. And so basically, you go through the whole IRS code, you go through the whole U.S. code. There's nothing in there that says that you have to file a 1040. There's nothing in there that says you have to pay taxes. They call our system a voluntary tax system. And he exposed this back in 2010. Mm -hmm. So... When JTAC started talking about lawful money, I'm like, okay, hold on a second. Let me let me do a little research. So I started doing the research last night on the After Dark chat. Okay. Oh, fuck, dude. I'm like, I started getting down the red pill. I'm like, oh, why did you do this to me? And so, so now I'm writing about. Well, so. Are you going to release something? I, I'm going to release a blog on it. I, I'm definitely going to do that. Um, to give you an idea about lawful money. Um, let me pull up some notes here. So here's the first thing to understand is that the government of the United States of America is bound by the Constitution, period, right? They cannot have any powers not granted to them other than the Constitution, okay? Yeah. So when we start looking at the United States Constitution, there are some things that come up that make us question, right? Um, congressional power. Now, congressional power in this sense, I'm going to go to Article 1, Section 8 of the United States Constitution. Okay? Okay. Article 1, Section 8 of the United States Constitution, um, Congress shall have the power to lay and collect taxes, duties, imposed, and excises, to pay the debts and provide for the common defense of the general welfare of the United States, but all duties, imposed, and excises shall be uniform throughout, so there's no disproportionate taxes. Mm-hmm. They have the ability to borrow money on credit of the United States to regulate commerce with foreign nations and among the several states and with the Indian tribes to establish a uniform rule of naturalization, uniform laws and subject to bankruptcies throughout the United States to coin money, regulate the value thereof and of foreign coin and the fixes standards and weights and measures. Now, the question comes because whenever you're dealing with legality here, you ask yourself, what do they define as money in 1776 in the United States Constitution? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Now, if you go to the Federal Reserve website, mm-hmm. okay, and, and let me let me pull this up real quick. I, I I can pull so everybody has a visual, so I'm not just talking on my ass. So this is the Federal Reserve website, Board of Governors, Federal Reserve. What is lawful money? How is it different from legal tender? Okay, and this has been a big controversy throughout the 20th century. Lawful money is a term used in the Federal Reserve Act the act that authorizes the Board of Governors and the Federal Reserve System to issue Federal Reserve notes. The act states that the Federal Reserve notes shall be obligations of the United States and shall be receivable by all national and member banks and Federal Reserve banks and for all taxes, customs, and other public 
dues. They shall be redeemed in lawful money on demand at the Treasury Department of the United States in the city of Washington, District of Columbia, or at any Federal Reserve Bank. The act did not, however, define the term lawful money. But up until 1913, the only currency issued by the United States was legally recognized as lawful money was a various issuance of demand notes. Demand notes were gold and silver certificates where you could go to the Treasury and you can get gold and silver. Okay, so this this imp- this impotence here was that lawful money was gold and silver. Um, so now it says at the time, some currency was not considered legal tender, although it could have been used by national associations for lawful money reserves. Thus, the term lawful money had a broader meaning than the term legal tender. This is where this gets messed up because I've already went through all this. In 1993, Congress, or 1933, Congress changed the law so that all U.S. coins and currency, including Federal Reserve notes, regardless of when issued, constitutes legal tender for all purposes. Okay? Federal, federal and state courts since then have repeatedly held that the Federal Reserve notes are lawful money. Uh, Milam versus U.S. 524. Uh, Ninth Circuit, 1974, is a typical of the federal and state court cases holding that Federal Reserve notes are lawful money. In Milan, the United States Court of Appeals and the Ninth Circuit reviewed the judgment denying relief to an individual who sought to redeem $50 Federal Reserve note, uh, bank note in lawful money. The United States tendered million $50 in Federal Reserve notes, but million refused the notes, asserting that lawful money must be gold or silver. The Ninth Circuit, noting that um, that this matter had been put to rest by the U.S. Supreme Court nearly a century before in the legal tender case, Juilliard versus Greenman, 110 U.S. 421. Okay, so this is the Federal Reserve kind of like covering their ass saying like, no, nah, this is all settled. Dude, this is not settled. Like, wow. firstly, I pulled up both of those Supreme Court cases. I reviewed them fully. I pulled up the 1933 Emergency Banking Act went through that completely. Then I pulled up um, this specific law that they're actually talking about. Um, and this is known as House Joint Resolution 192 on June 5th and 6th, 1933. Okay? And I got it pulled up right here. This is the one where they say that it's declared legal tender. Okay. And so this says that every provision contained in or made with respect to any obligation which purports to give the obligee a right to require payment in gold or a particular kind of coin or currency or in the amount of in money of the United States measured thereby is declared to be against public policy and no such provision shall be contained in or made with respect to the obligation hereafter incurred. Um, so then it goes, every obligation hereto or hereafter incurred, whether or not any such provision is contained therein or made with respect thereto, shall be discharged upon payment dollar for dollar in any coin or currency which at the time of payment is legal tender for public and private debts. Any such provision contained in any law authorizing obligations to the, be issued by or under the authority of the United States is hereby repealed, but the repeal of any such provision shall not invalidate any other provision or authority contained in such law. Okay. I know that was a law. Basically what they're saying here, okay, is that any type of obligation that the United States of America has can be remedied in any coin, currency, or dollar that the United States declares its currency. That, that's all it's saying. Now, it says here, as used in this resolution, the term obligation means obligation. They define obligation as obligation. No shit. It's right there. I got it highlighted. Okay. And then it says, including every obligation of and to the United States accepting currency, payable in money to the United States, and the term coin or currency means coin or currency of the United States, including Federal Reserve notes and circulating notes of the Federal Reserve Banks and National Banking Associations. Here's the problem with that. Okay? 
1933 law is pertaining to obligations. What obligation is it actually talking about? No idea. No idea. Well, you have to understand the legal definition of what they mean by obligation here specifically. And I'm looking for something here real quick. I should be able to find it real quick, real quick. Um, that was the Banking Act of 1933. Um, Fascinating. Well, obligation in the original sense is that term obligation was a very technical in nature and applied to the responsibility to pay money owed on certain written documents that were executed under seal. Well, do you remember when I was talking about the uh, Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution, yeah. right? What did I say in Article 1, Section 8 that it said? That Congress has the ability to pay for the obligations. So in this law specifically, what it says is that the United States can use any form of money it wishes as derived by Congress to pay for its obligations. These are debts. That's all this is. An obligation is a debt. Okay? Contractual debt. That's right. It's a contractual debt. Exactly what it is. It's a contractual debt. Now, this gets interesting because this specific law passed in 1933 that we're talking about here. Okay? Okay. Does not mention private citizens or private transactions. <laughs> so it just comes down to that, huh? So it comes down to what it's wow. talking about here. The obligation which purports to give the obligee the right to require payment in gold. Okay? This says specifically, in the money of the United States in the term coin or currency, including every obligation of and to the United States accepting currency. Okay? This is talking specifically about obligations of the United States of America, which is the debts. So it, let's say that the United States borrows money from the Bank of England. Okay. Right? This law basically says that they can pay the Bank of England not in gold and silver, but in Federal Reserve notes. And why did they do this at this time? 1933, we're in the midst of the Great Depression. Think about this. We just, you know, they came in, they're going to seize all the gold and silver. The problem was, was, is that Congress has the ability to regulate the value of money. The value of money during this time was dependent upon the amount of gold and silver in the reserves. If people continuously went in there with these certificates and got their gold and silver out at the U.S. Treasury, or if a country called in their gold from the United States, this massively fluctuates the value of the dollar. So this is the reason they did this specifically for these large transactional volumes. Well, the way that the Federal Reserve spun it is that you and I would have to do this. Now, nowhere in here does it really talk about lawful money, Okay. So you have to go back to the United States Constitution are under um, understand Article 1, Section 8, and also Article 1, Section 10. Now, Article 1, Section 10 says, No state shall enter into treaty, alliance, or confederation, grant letters of marquee or appraisal, right? Appraisal, coin money, emit bills of credit, make anything but gold and silver coin a tender in payments of debt, pass any bill attainer, ex post facto law, or law impairing the obligation of contracts or grant any title nobility. Okay. So basically what this is saying right here is it, it's defining money. It's saying that all credit and coin money should only be produced by Congress. Okay. And it should be all things that are gold and silver in the tender of payments. Now we actually get validation of this 
So in 1789, we have what's known as the Coinage Act that was passed in the United States of America, which defines lawful money. Okay. <clears throat> it defines lawful money as 307 as 300 and 371 and one quarter grams or grains of fine silver equivalent to the current Spanish dollar of the time. That's lawful money in the United States of America. That is what is considered lawful money. It was, it was validated right there in the Coinage Act in 1789. Okay, so here's the problem. So in 1913, the Federal Reserve Act comes in, right? Passed by Congress, passed by the, the Senate, and Woodrow Wilson signs into law. Woodrow Wilson comes out afterwards and says, this is the worst thing that I've ever done in my life. I should have never done this. Here's the problem with the Federal Reserve Act. It's unconstitutional. Okay? Why is it unconstitutional? Because it's in private hands now, not in the Congress's hands. Well, think about this. Who has the ability to coin and print money? The Fed. Well, Congress, right? Who has the ability to define the definition of money? Congress. No. Who? There's nowhere in Article 1, Section 8 so, that gives Congress the ability to define what money is. So is it predefined by what you just went over? It was predefined implied within the original constitutional writings within the okay. Coinage Act of 1789, what lawful money truly was. And so Congress, nowhere does it say, Congress has the ability to define what money is, period. Money was, an, was a, not an arbitrary term used back then. Money was very specific. They even go into this within this article talking about the value of a dollar. And through the coinage act, you see that that dollar, which was applicable to money in that time, was 371 and one quarter grams of fine silver grain. Okay. Okay. So the Federal Reserve Act, Congress basically gave away the right to regulate coin print and define what money is. Here's the problem. Where in Article 1, Section 8 does it give Congress the ability to contract those responsibilities? I'm guessing nowhere. Nowhere. So it's unconstitutional. It's null and void right from the get-go. It's just people are consenting to it. It's just that people are consenting to it. And so there's actually tax code pertaining to this, okay, to, pertaining to lawful money. Donald Trump actually wrote a forward to a tax book talking about how he utilizes, um, I think it's U.S. Code uh, uh, 12 U.S.C. 441 or something like this. And it talks about the remedy for all debts is to be in lawful money, which basically oh. means that the IRS can only tax you for exchanges of lawful money. They can't tax you for exchanges of legal tender, which have no intrinsic value. And that's only as a business owner, not if I pay that's, a worker. No, that's you. Everybody. Oh. That's everybody. Yeah. Mm. And so this is a red pill, man. I love it. I absolutely love it. I'm, I'm, I'm deep diving on this one. So I wanted to get this out there because I want to get people excited about this because you know what? We, we need something to kind of like move towards and work towards and some goals to look into and something to kind of like, you know, hey, look, the Red Bull guys, we're talking about the money stuff, right? I, I think that this is it. I, I, I love this topic. It's something I'm very well versed on. It's something I've studied for a very long time. 
Yeah, I took and, some notes. I'll have to dig in a little bit, see if I could have any aha moments myself. Dude, it's filled with aha moments. Like, you go through that Million case of where he's talking about the legal tender. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, is when you go into a court of law, the first thing that you have to do is bring about a legal foundation for your claim, right? Okay. And so hypothetically speaking, if I went into a court of law, the first things that I would say is, how does this court define money? Right? What is money as defined by the law of the land? And then I would take the coinage act of 1789. And I would say from the constitutional scholars out there, the original constitution was based upon this idea and conceptualization of what money is. Has there been any redefinition of money? And they'll say, well, Congress in 1933, I said, but in article one, section eight of the constitution, Congress has no authority to redefine money. So, do you see how that, so that logic right there in the legal system, they can't deny that. They would have to show that Congress has the ability to redefine what money is. They don't. They don't have that authority. So then you get all your taxes back? <laughs> you get you get more than that. I mean, this rabbit hole goes deep, but you get more than your taxes back. I mean, you're... If, well. Yeah. It, wow. it, this rabbit hole goes deep. But, um, well, how about this? Is every human being and born in the United States of America falls under the 14th Amendment, which is contractual law. The 14th Amendment gave way to what we know of as the FDR's New Deal, the Social Security um, Act in the 1940s. Um, when a birth certificate comes about for people, um, on the back of it, they're in the bottom right-hand corner, there's a bond number that is searchable on the U.S. Treasury database, of which has an intrinsic value and basically also has... Um, growth power. So there's money that is being paid into that account for that bond that is being bought and sold. Why is that? Because we have the uh, a former, basically financial and corporate law are nothing more than a deviation or a derivation from admiralty law. And so in admiralty law, you have to think about this. So to give everybody a little um esoteric education in the financial systems. In Tigris and Euphrates, in the Sumer Valley, in the, uh, the, the Sumerian culture, okay? This is yeah. where the heart of trade originally came about. And what would happen is merchants, okay? Merchants would be on their ships coming down the Tigris and Euphrates into the water. On the banks of the river would be the people which we would exchange goods and services with the merchants. Right. Now, the flow of the merchants through the river was dependent upon the currency of the river. And the currency flowed between the two banks. Some beautiful word magic there, right? Yeah. <laughs> but this is the, the original conceptualization of supply and demand. And so this is original admiralty law, which really deals with money. Um, when you think about it in this sense, when a big ship of supplies and raw materials comes into a port, it yes. goes into a dock. Why do they call it a dock? I don't know. It, it's short for doctor. 
Because what happens is the ship's actually coming into, it's coming through a canal into a shipping berth. Okay? And what happens is the dock master, okay, comes down and takes the shipment of manifest on that ship, okay? And he validates what's on that and brings it into the country and it gets added into the value of the gross domestic product of that country, increasing the value in the bowering power and the financial integrity of that country. Well, the shipmaster doctors that manifest. That manifest is like, it, it, why do they call it manifest? Because it just shows up. Boom. The ship, one day the ship was there. Next day, or one day the ship's not there. Next day the ship's there. It just manifests. So it's a shipment of manifest. But it comes through a canal of water and goes into a birth. How are human beings born? They come through a canal of water, they're birthed, and then you have a doctor sign the paperwork, bringing them into the world, and just as chattel, they're given a bond number, which is increases the bowering, bowering and financial and economic power of the GDP of the United States of America, allowing them to borrow more money based upon your bond of debt that is traded on the open markets. I heard of people tapping into this and claiming that debt and getting paid out. And many people went to jail for it. They end up getting sued for, um, um, what do they go to jail for? I think fraud. it's like fraud. Yes. Wire fraud. Uh, I, yeah, some kind of fraud. Yep. It, it, it's identity fraud or something. Well, too. wire fraud, identity fraud. But basically fraud. think about it like this is the 14th amendment establishes that you have a legal entity. And that legal entity is known as a citizen and has to fall under the privileges and immunities of the country of your origin, where the state has to respect those privileges and immunities. Okay? I mean, the 13th and the 14th Amendment are so fucked up. Like the 16th Amendment. The Supreme Court case, literally in 1903 determined, or sorry, 1916 determined, that the 16th Amendment creates no new taxes because Congress already had that ability. And income is defined as gains created through business transactions, capital gains, not wages. Here's the thing. It's illegal to tax your wages. Nowhere in the Constitution does it give Congress the ability to tax your wages. That's an equal representation of time and energy. And up until 1913, your wages were never touched. So... This is a big rabbit. I love this rabbit hole. Like, I used to. So, I used to talk with Jordan Maxwell a lot. He's a, he was a professional on this topic, and we had our conversations on these topics about about admiralty law, about civil law, about how all this operates, about how the Phoenicians created this whole legal and financial system. Man, I miss talking to that guy. Rest in peace, Jordan Maxwell. But, all right. I just spent a half an hour talking about lawful money. JTAC should be happy now. Um, <laughs> so you need to talk about it on the show? You need to talk? I'm like, I probably will. I, I will probably will. Um, but I'm definitely not stopping with it. I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with this because there's so much more here, and there's so much. There's so much. So this is how the rich mitigate all their taxes. You know, you know, one of the number one ways that the rich uh, don't have to pay uh, income taxes. Uh, loopholes. I don't know. It's actually pretty easy. Is yeah. everything that they own is owned by their businesses. Mm. So this means that they don't own anything. 
That means that they don't take in an income, very little income. And so if your personal person is taking in very little income and all your wealth is contained within multiple businesses, which have massive tax breaks, your, in, your personal income tax is going to be relatively low. That's how Donald Trump does it. All right, let's talk about Donald Trump here. Biden's DOJ believes there is enough evidence to bring obstruction charges against Donald Trump. First arrest, baby. First arrest. It's coming. So according to the Wall Street Journal, the Trump prosecutors have seen enough evidence to bring obstruction charges, but the path to an actual indictment is far from clear. A group of Justice Department prosecutors believe there is sufficient evidence to charge Donald Trump with obstruction of justice. The team that's part of the classified records probe has not yet made a formal recommendation to Attorney General Merrick Garland, who would ultimately approve or reject such a move. According to the people familiar with the matter, it is unlikely officials would bring only obstruction charges amid several other Trump investigations into potential crimes. So this is about Mar-a-Lago classified documents. This is about them saying that Donald Trump had classified documents and he's potentially selling to Russia and China and all this oh, stuff. Yeah. We know too. Yeah. Trump showed he showed he showed Rocket Man classified documents. Guess what? He got unclassified then. It doesn't well, it doesn't matter if he did. Because the moment he showed them Kim Jong-un, they were unclassified. That's the power of the president. And so this is just a nothing, nothing more than a witch hunt because he is endorsing candidates that are going to come in and absolutely sweep the fuck out of the Democrats and the rhinos. Absolutely. And did you see that tweet by the FBI today? Yeah, I think I did. Did Jason retweet it? Oh, my gosh. Let me see if I can find it. I think Jay retweeted it. I just retweeted what Jay tweeted. Hold on, I gotta, I gotta find it real quick because I want, I want to pull this up. I think that this is, uh, I, I commented on it. I didn't. Well, maybe I did retweet it. I just retweeted it. There it is. Okay, right before the show. <laughs> All right. So the FBI Washington field office came out. Free and fair elections are a cornerstone of our democracy. Help the FBI protect your right to vote. Call FBI WFO at two zero two two seven eight two thousand or visit tips. .fbi.gov if you suspect a federal election crime. Uh-oh. Wait so, yeah, this, this is good. <laughs> because if you start reading the comments, oh, my God. I'm reporting the FBI as there has been two coup attempts, the second being successful. Both involved the FBI meddling in our elections. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys on there. This lady, uh, there's a lot of people who don't trust the FBI anymore, including myself. That is part of why the replies are this way. Many whistleblowers from the FBI are coming forth and telling us just how corrupt you guys are. Um, This must be a joke. Here's a tip. Um, You had the main instigators of the insurrection in custody, whatever happened to Epson Sullivan. I mean, this just goes on. All these replies, about 90% of them, are basically telling the FBI to fuck off. I'd like to report the 2020 election. Oh, this gets better. Go to Donald Trump's uh, true social page. Oh, no way. So he goes ahead and posts this one. Uh, This is a twitchy.com. FBI tweet encourages citizens to report election shenanigans. And then it gets awkward. And it's got the meme picture here. We trace the call. It's coming from inside the house. (laughs) Donald Trump retruthed this. <laughs> but so even he's getting in on it. But 
but here's the thing, and this is the thing I want to warn everybody. We we've talked about various scenarios that can unfold with the 2022 midterm elections. One of those scenarios was that the Republicans have an overwhelming sweeping majority because of the voter turnout. Now, there is a report that came out today in Florida with early voting of mail-in ballots that are showing a 20% increase from 2018 in early voting. That's massive. Okay? Yeah, that's that's going to equate to, well, I don't know, probably yeah, but, millions well, yeah. of votes. Well, it's going to basically be probably the, the one of the largest turnouts for midterm elections in the history of this country, which Democrats are scared. There's panic in D.C. And what we can see um, with the actual polls that we're seeing is that Republicans have a 4% four-point uh, 4 lead over the Senate and like a seven to eight point lead over Congress to take both houses. Now, if America first candidates, Trump endorsed candidates come in and take those two. The FBI setting this narrative ahead of time. This is what I put in that post on my uh, my Twitter there. Uh-huh. Is that, um, let me see. My post I wrote, seems that the FBI has taken this election serious almost like they are setting the narrative that someone is going to steal it, or at least that's what the Democrats will claim. And so I'm suspecting that we could potentially see Republicans win on November 8th, the House and the Senate. On November 9th, Democrats come out and cry foul, claim election fraud. They already own the DOJ. They already own the FBI. They own all the committees in Congress and Senate. Yes. And we could potentially see them open it in voter fraud investigation, because think about what this does if they open a voter fraud investigation. Firstly, projection, right? Oh, the Trumpers in 2020, they claim we stole it, but they're the ones actually stealing elections. <laughs> That's number one. Number two is they can basically do whatever they want. And they can make any decision they want because they control the house. Okay. Number three is they get to suspend the election results. They don't have to accept the election results because of the investigations that are ongoing, which means that they wouldn't allow those new congressmen and senators to start in January. And even potentially bring about martial law because of this. So this is my feeling right now with the type of rhetoric that we're seeing from the left coming out, is Mm -hmm. that something like that is going to happen. It's one possibility. It's a good possibility. Let's go on with the move. Ducey stumps KJP. What makes you think the oil companies are going to listen to the administration that is trying to put them out of business? And he's absolutely right. Um, let's listen to Ducey here. So you're asking oil companies to further lower gas prices. What makes you think that they are going to listen to an administration that is ultimately trying to put them out of business? How, how is the administration trying to put them out of business? <laughs> Does someone need to remind her? She's the worst. Well, it's the truth. How is the administration trying to put them out of business? Well, let me see. You killed energy independence in the United States of America on your first day in office. Uh, we're, we're still dependent upon foreign oil right now, and you're not renewing the leases in the areas that we know that there is natural gas and oil. You're not going back to American oil companies and asking them to increase production by increasing more leases. 
well, you're kind of putting them out of business. You're bringing in various types of ESG standardization into that industry, your green policies that are hurting them and cutting their bottom line and their profit margins. Pretty, pretty damn good reason. All right. This is where it, what we just talked about comes into context. The real reason Latinos are leading the Democratic Party. We are not woke. We are awake. So this is a, a Bianca Gracia, uh, Latinos for Trump, explains why she ran from the Democratic Party, despite what you may have heard on CNN or other leftist mainstream media outlets. The Latin community is leaving the Democratic Party in trove. CNN and fake news media still think the left has a stranglehold on the Latino voters, stating Republicans have demonized Latino immigration to score political points, implying that Latinos are smart enough to make their own voting voting choices based on principles or that Republicans have somehow misled us to switch parties. The problem with this view is that the media is still living in the pre-Trump world, a world where it was easier to hide the real Democratic Party agenda behind lies and government handle, handouts. I can very simply tell you why Latinos are leaving the Democratic Party. We are not woke. We are awake. The Hispanic community has taken the rose-colored glasses off and seen the Democratic Party for what has become the true socialist party supporting anti-freedom ideals. True. And Trump had one of the largest Latino turnouts in 2020. He had one of the largest minority turnouts in 2020. But somehow, all these people that nobody's ever heard of um, voted for Joe Biden. Like 30 million of them. Crazy. Mm. Yeah, Mexicans started waking up. Anybody who saw anything in context that Trump said or did woke up mm -hmm. pretty quick. And, and you know, another thing of talking about the oil there a second Republicans ago. Republicans right? who say you are talking about the oil there a second ago. Yeah, you know, Joe Biden's releasing from the Strategic, strategic Energy Reserve. Let's listen to what he has to say about this. <laughs> what is your response to Republicans who say you are only doing this SPR release because to help Democrats in the midterms? Where have they been the last four months? That's my response. Is it politically motivated, sir? This no, it's not. Three weeks before the midterms. Look, it makes sense. I've been doing this for how long now? It's not politically motivated at all. It's motivated to make sure that I continue to push on what I've been pushing on. And that is making sure there's enough oil that's being pumped by the companies so that we have the ability to be able to produce enough gas that we need here at home, oil we need here at home, and at the same time, keep moving in the direction of providing for alternative energy. What? All right, Joe Biden. So basically he's saying is that the, the release of the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, the 40 million barrels, was not politically motivated. Uh, huh. What did he say to Saudi Arabia before he released the Strategic Petroleum Reserve? Didn't he say something like, hey, can you guys increase production till after the midterm elections? And if you do, I'll give you protections against Iran with our U.S. military. Quid pro quo. So pretty sure it's politically motivated. But, you know, nobody has the freaking balls or spine to call them out. And that's what's bullshit about this. That yeah. makes me go. Go ahead. Yeah, you're absolutely right. People have just been accepting this for years, decades. And that's what makes me think of this. <laughs> Damn true. Uh, Clinton appointed judge claims Trump signed court document that knowingly included false voter fraud information. Uh, 
The court finds that these four documents are sufficiently related to and in furtherance of the obstruction crime the U.S. District Judge David Carter wrote in the 18-page opinion. Judge Carter claimed that the emails from Trump's election lawyer, John Eastman, show that the President Trump knew that the specific number of vote, voter frauds were wrong but continued to tout those numbers both in court and public. President Trump, moreover, signed a verification swearing under oath that the incorporated inaccurate numbers are true and correct or believed to be true and correct to the best of his knowledge and belief, added Carter. The emails show that President Trump knew that the specific number of voter fraud were wrong, but continue to tout those numbers both in court and to the public. The court finds that these emails are sufficiently related to and in the furtherance of a conspiracy that defraud the United States. Dude, they're just coming at him from all angles. Slings and arrows, right? Oh, he said a number wrong. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. This is the information I was given. I believe it's fair and true and correct. Okay. Oh, that information's off by 30 million votes, Donald Trump. Oh, I guess I was wrong. I guess it was more. You lied. We're coming after you. <laughs> Witch hunt. Witch hunt. That's exactly what it is. Big banks plan to launch pilot exercise to better manage climate-related financial risks. Official details on what major banks are to consider climate-related financial risk are scarce, but they could include natural disasters, carbon emissions, regulations, or both. Six of the U.S. the United States' largest banks are launching in early 2023 a pilot climate scenario exercise in order to better measure the manage climate-related financial risks. In announcing a new analysis exercise, the Federal Reserve did not specify what exactly will be considered a climate-related financial risk, but said that the banks will consider a range of possible future climate pathways and associated economic and financial developments. The banks participating in the pilot exercise are Bank of America, Citigroup, Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan Chase, Morgan Stanley, and Wells Fargo. The Federal Reserve shared that the board will provide additional details on how the exercise will be conducted and the scenarios that will be used in the pilot. Now, it's interesting because those are the same banks that are taking part in the, um, what was it, the, the social credit score exercise in 2023. That's right. So I, I wonder if there's a connection between social credit scores and climate change and risk. Hmm. Definitely, dude. I think there's something related here. Now, I want to call bullshit on this. And to the Federal Reserve, fuck you. To all these banks, you can go fuck yourself. And plug your ears, Grandma, I'm sorry. But this is what I want to say. Jeff Bezos just built a multi-million dollar mansion on the edge of a cliff in Shoreline property in a tropical place. Barack Obama just built a house on the shoreline in Southern California. Bill Gates has multiple houses on shoreline property, on oceanfront property all around the world, including islands. Wells Fargo, J.P. Morgan Chase, all the big banks who are issuing mortgages are issuing mortgages for property that lies on coastal, coastal land. Oh, yeah. Tons of it. Okay, the 10 to 15 year projections for new house builds, for new land plots and builds, for housing increasing within the coastal territories from these banks' own projections have not changed. And none of it, none of it mentions any rise in seawater, climate change, or rise in, in air temperature, which causes the ice caps to melt, that causes 
that shoreline to degrade and erode because that would be a bad financial investment for that bank to give a mortgage to somebody moving to coastal property. They would probably have to charge them more interest, which they're not, because of that. Yeah, it's clear to me, obviously, climate change is a big scam and that this is just a way for them to monetize um, weather modifications or extreme weather events mm. that they're expecting in the future. Tornadoes, earthquakes, floods. Who knows? It's something you can consider an act of God, I guess. Well, the way I look at it as well is that if climate change is such a risk and a problem, why are the wealthy elites who are screaming that we're killing the planet buying and building on coastal property? It's a scam. It's a fucking scam. Unless Russia decides to just nuke the polar ice caps or something, the sea levels right? are not going to rise. That's right. Vaccine mandates for the public employees still in effect in New York City. Unvaccinated municipal workers continue to get fired. And, and this is the worst of the worst. New York uh, City Mayor Adams said back in September 2022 that vaccine mandates for private companies would be lifted on November 1st as the sign of the city's gradual return to pre-pandemic norms. However, public employees continue to be bound by the COVID-19 vaccine mandates. Adams remarked that proof of vaccination is still required for municipal workers, including police officers, firefighters, and teachers. Oh, the vaccine. People are saying my mic's really low. It is. I, I tried to fix it, but I couldn't do anything. I think it's on your side. No. Oh, maybe. Is that better? Holy shit. Test, test. Thanks. All right. U.S. Committee recommends COVID shot for CDC's free vaccine program. An expert committee on Wednesday recommended that COVID-19 shots become part of the U.S. Center for Disease Control and Prevention's vaccine program for children, which provides many types of free inoculations to millions of kids each year. While all COVID-19 vaccines are currently provided free in the United States by the federal government, the U.S. public health emergency is expected to end in the early 2023, and the private market will take over distribution of COVID vaccines and treatments. Now, this is interesting because we have some audio from this meeting, meeting and I want you guys to listen to this. COVID-19 vaccination is the single best way to protect people from serious COVID-19 illness. COVID-19 vaccines continue to be effective in reducing the risk of severe disease, hospitalization, and death, including against the currently circulating Omicron variants. However, we know that many children haven't yet initiated a COVID-19 vaccine primary series. So we have continued work to do so all eligible children are able to get vaccinated. Then we know that the benefits of COVID-19 vaccination outweigh the known and potential risks, including the very small risk of myocarditis or outweigh the known and- Wait, what did she just say? Let's listen to that again. COVID-19 vaccination outweigh the known and potential risks, including the very small risk of myocarditis or pericarditis. The very small risk of myocarditis or pericarditis. So the risks of the COVID-19 vaccine, which have- absolutely no protections against COVID-19, okay, that produce adverse effects in anybody who's getting two or plus more shots, including stroke, seizure, neurological diseases, heart attack, myocarditis, pericarditis. Mm -hmm. Those risks outweigh the benefit. What's the benefit? Spoken like a true fucking eugenicist. The benefit is depopulation. That is the benefit that they're talking about when they do this. That woman, whoever she was, fuck, man, I hope she's at the Nuremberg trial. I seriously do. I hope she is there at the Nuremberg trial and that audio gets pulled up 
And she goes, well, I was just doing what they told me to do. And they stamp it guilty. Send her to the guillotines. Yeah, or a firing squad or something. Who knows what they'll do? Maybe a yep. little bit of everything. We'll see. California residents sue Kaiser Permanente for allegedly killing her husband with remdesivir. Uh, the Braun, the Brioni's family from River, Riverside, California, is seeking justice after the father and husband died at the hands of healthcare workers at Kaiser Permanente in the Southern California medical provider. Uh, Christina Briones, uh, whose husband is now dead from remdesivir, says the hospital system failed to obtain informed consent before administrating the deadly COVID pharmaceutical to her husband. After a five-day treatment course, which included the other high-risk medications as well, Christina's husband developed kidney failure. Only 50 years old at the time, the man was subsequ uh, subsequently placed on a ventilator, and during that time, nobody from the family was allowed to visit him. The man reportedly died September 12th, prompting Christina to take legal action. She says her husband was murdered because the government fuckers. Adding that, she never thought that this could happen. The Briones family's lawsuit claims that remdesivir, made by Gilead Sciences, is a failed Ebola drug that was repurposed for the use in fighting, uh, fighting the Fauci flu, despite the fact that it was determined to be terminally toxic to the kidneys. In one study, more than 53% of the patients died following remdesivir administration. The suit further adds. Consequently, the study was canceled. Only the later see remdesivir become the go-to treatment for the Chinese germs at American hospitals. And so this is a story that we've heard all too much. Uh, Christina, our heart and prayers go out to you and your family because of that. But uh, the fact here is, is that they're treating these people without informed consent. They're treating these people without permission from their power of attorney through their medical powers. And, and this is bullshit. Um, They've murdered so many people over the last couple of years. Yep. They have. We we know one of them. David, right? Yeah. Fuckers. The Australian government is offering to pay for funerals of those who die from COVID-19. Of course they are. The Australian government has seemingly acknowledged that COVID vaccines can kill people by updating the website to introduce a policy to pay for funeral costs of people who die after getting vaccinated. Um, this is, this is just messed up. I mean, they're, they're not even hiding it anymore. I mean, they're not even hiding it anymore, man. It's it, weird. Well, I think that they, they really, they can't. I mean, it's mainstream now. It's but, very obvious. That's right. Hey, Shannon1313 is celebrating a six-month subscription streak nice. on DLive. Thank you so much, Shannon. Yay donated one Lemon Vader 369, gifted a phone. Thank you so much, Yay Invader. Enlightened Science donated two lemons. Thank you so much, Enlightened. Me, Brenda, gifted a one-month subscription to Charming Nicole. Welcome, Charming Nicole, and thank you so much, Me, Brenda. She gifted also to Eric37. Welcome, Eric37. Me, Brenda, gifted a one-month subscription to Meow Meow Time as well. Thank you so much, Me, Brenda. You're awesome. Karen Harris 7 gifted a cookie. Can we dress like that? Oh, well, I guess so. <laughs> or I think they said, can we dress like Mad Max yet? Oh, I love it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> RPG3573 donated two diamonds. Patriot Pisces donated one diamond. LED donated five ice cream. MC Dirty Work donated one lemon. Thank you so much, RPG, Patriot Pisces, LED, and Mick Dirty Work. Vader369 gifted five cookies. Thank you so much, Vader. Uh, RMUAFC2 gifted a can. Thank you so much, RMU and DNA AF. That is celebrating 14 month sub streak and low clearance. Thank you for the red pill about the Fed. Absolutely. $2 on that one on Rumble. Thank you so much, low clearance. 
Much appreciated to all of you guys and your donations, helping us stay alive here in the alternative media, keeping you guys updated and informed on everything that is happening and evolving in the world. And don't worry, we're going we're gonna to be talking more about that lawful money stuff. I love it. I love that topic, man. So uh, Bill Gates says he would meet with the Taliban to help Afghanistan eradicate polio. You know, oh. I kind of hope he does. Oh, no. I kind of hope Bill Gates goes out there to the Taliban. And he goes, hi, I'm Bill Gates. We do vaccines. And the Taliban looks at him and goes, you do realize we don't like vaccines. Because that's poisoning the temple and the body. And, and Bill Gates goes, well, what do you mean you don't like vaccines? Like, they help people. Let me show you the science. And they go, oh, what about the COVID-19 vaccine that's killing everybody? Oh, I don't know about that. And they look at him and they go, Allah Akbar, ah! Mm -hmm. Right? And they kill, they kill him. I don't know. Who knows? I don't. I don't want Bill Gates to die. He probably wouldn't go. He'd... Yeah, he'd probably morph back into life. Nanobots would start building him back <laughs> up again. He turns into a bunch of tiny nanobots and they fly away. <laughs> they fly swarm. away and reform again in his, uh, you know, in his electromagnetic med bed that he has in his mansion. Whoa, that was a close one. Ain't going there again. <laughs> Wow, glad that technology worked. Um, <laughs> this is from the Defender. Scientists call for moratorium on 5G after study shows regulators ignoring health risks on radiation. An author of a peer-reviewed study published Tuesday warned about the risks of exposure to radiation from 5G technology and said the research shows existing exposure limits for wireless radiation are inadequate, outdated, and harmful to human health and wildlife. Um I agree with this to a, to a certain level. Multiple robust, robust human studies of cell phone radiation have found increased risks for brain tumors, and there are supported by clear evidence of carcinogen carcinogenicity of the same cell types found in animal studies. In the interviews with the Defender, Hardella and Joel Moskowitz, director of the Center for Family and Community Health at the University of California Berkeley School of Public Health, discussed the findings the ICBEEMF's new initiative to raise awareness of the risk of 5G and explain who is most susceptible to the potentially harmful effects of wireless radiation. Um, I, I, I agree. And then uh, let's listen to Steve-O here. This is, this is a red pill and a half. If you guys know, remember Steve-O Steve from uh, uh, Jackass? Let's listen to what he has to say on a liberal podcast. Dude, you know what I just heard about... Uh about like the 23andMe shit, this DNA stuff. No, what? Dude, heavy. They say that uh, that like that, that's part of the whole privacy laws and everything. But but uh, by making your um, your DNA genetic profile public, or, or or even giving anybody any access to it, that they can program like biological weaponry, which. They can just release, and it'll only kill the people whose DNA they have. And they can do, like, different... Did Rob tell you this? <laughs> and they can do, like, different degrees where they, 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 can, they can kill you. Just on everyone else will be fine, but your genetic DNA, like, you'll be the only one who dies. Was this like, a credible can, source? It was on the radio. This is juicy. It's on the radio. You sound. We sound like we're in a treehouse. It was on the radio. My dad heard it. It, it, was, like, it was like NPR or some shit. God, know? that's fucking crazy. And, uh, and, and, and they, they said also that they could kill you. So what they're actually talking about is a report that was released 
by, I believe it was the Department of Homeland Security, warning the government and military members about utilizing companies like 23andMe because of the connection to the Chinese Communist Party and the ability of those companies to utilize your DNA to develop various different types of biological weaponry. Yes. And that See, he's oh. absolutely right on what he was talking about. This he is didn't a real it yeah. very well, but yes. <laughs> this is a real really we talked about it a few months ago, but this was a real thing that came out. The DOD issued this out to army soldiers, sailors, airmen, and guardians saying, Don't use 23andMe and these various companies because they sell your DNA data to China and China could develop biological weapons that could target you specifically. Now, isn't that interesting? Because I'm pretty sure. Russia said something about genetically targeted bioweapons being developed in U.S. biolabs in Ukraine, targeting the Russian ethnic people in the eastern regions, which have now annexed. i just throwing that out there. Yeah. For fuck's sake, man. This is a scary world we live in, huh? It really is, man. But I, I hope in my next life it's like all peace. <laughs> like. Oh. You know, we can just meditate all day, sit on the beach, and like sip martinis and shit. And like, dude, this is the life. How much money you got in the bank? As much as I want, man. The shit never ends. <laughs> what do you want to buy today? A Porsche, <laughs> Lamborghini. Where do you live? See that thing? It's a skyscraper, and it extends that way for twenty-seven miles. That's mine. Like <laughs> utopia, perhaps one utopia. day. How many people are on the planet? About forty, but hey, at least we're living <laughs> in peace. We all know each other. We came from the same spaceship. <laughs> spaceship theory is still a thing in this oh, reality. Yeah, still, spaceship <laughs> theory is still a thing. Come on. Dude. So I was driving home the other night from Minnesota. And so you have to keep your brain active when you're driving. You can't yeah. just kind of like. So what, what I've been doing is I create movie scripts in my mind. Oh, cool. So in like I, I kind of live it myself. In the movie script, dude, I got a good one. Dude, I've been thinking of a short story in my yeah. head as well. Just I start with a premise and then I start just thinking about it. I haven't written anything down, but shit, dude, maybe we need to start writing stories. Oh, dude, I got a good one. It's it's good. It's really good. <laughs> I played the whole movie in my head. So well, write it, dude. I uh, don't got time. I gotta move. I, gotta do all this <laughs> I shit. know. I know. Fuck. You I was should gonna sit record with audio, it. record it the audio. Yeah, I was going to record it and then use like the dragon stuff to, to put it in the paper. But. Mainstream media is silent on the massive protests happening all over Europe right now. Here's a great compilation. Excuse me. This is in uh, Images de la Marche, Cancere vie, Chere, Aujourd'hui et Paris. Doesn't look like a protest. Sounds like a party, but okay. In Paris, autumn is, right, is already very hot. Soon it will be uh, uh, everywhere. Europeans do not want to start and freeze for <laughs> I'm just going to put this warning out right now. One of my good friends is actually special police in France. Oh yeah, um, and he's he's kind of liberal. 
Um, he doesn't mm-hmm. agree with all their politics, but he he takes part in a lot of these. He's kind of like the special operations to all this. Um, and crime is really rampant in France. But oh, yeah. um, I'm, I'm just going to say this right now. This goes to anybody out there in law enforcement. I know that you are some good people out there. I know there's some great people out there. But if Americans rise up and begin protesting for a redress of grievances against their government... And if we're peacefully protesting and you approach us like that with billy clubs and shields and mace and spray, we're going to fuck you up. I'm just saying that out loud. That it's well past. Right? That it's best for those police officers to understand the geopolitical situation and say, I'm not taking part in that shit. Those are pissed off Americans. That's what needs to be had. Because these politicians, they're never going to learn. They're never going to stop. They're going to continue to do what they do until a message is sent. I'm not saying we're, we're talking about violence. But I'm saying when you have a million people out there yelling and screaming, saying, hey, an election was stolen. Listen to them. Don't ignore their voices and their concerns. They're American citizens. It's where you derive your power from. And for the police officers, you should just be just as mad. You should join in with the masses and say, you know what? This is right. That our concerns need to be heard. And when politicians realize that there's no barrier between them and the people, they'll acquiesce. No violence has to be had. We're not talking about violence here. What we're talking about is... The violence comes about. There was a there was actually a study done in 2015. You remember the Missouri riots that happened after the killing of uh, I forgot the gentleman's name is uh, the black guy that was killed um, at his car. Um, he had a weapon. I, I don't remember. If he I had don't a weapon recall the exact case, but go on. Right, it was under Barack Obama. But anyways, riots came out of it uh, in Missouri. I think it was. Hmm. And uh, one of the studies that they did at that time when the riots broke out is they did a study with the police officers. And in one of the cities that the riots was happening, they had police officers in full riot gear and armor. And that's where everything went violent. Buildings got burned. Cars got knocked over. In another city, they had the police officers dress in plain clothes and just watch in the crowds and from a distance. But no police officers showed up in any riot gear. Never got violent. Wow. Big difference. It's this instigation, this fueling of it by that actually happening. And that's what you see in all these places. So that's the first thing they do. Yep. It's the first thing they do. But yeah, we got multiple scenes from all around uh, Paris, Brussels, Germany, um, London of people protesting. And soon it's going to be coming here to the United States of America. Oh, yeah. Just wait. It'll be probably this year. Yeah. And, uh, have you ever been to a third world country, Vince? Uh, I don't think so. I, I've been to quite a few third world countries. Um, you have to watch your pockets. You can't keep anything expensive or valuable in your pockets because you will get robbed. Um, yeah. But when you walk down the street, I mean, people will have shacks in, in alleyways and stuff like that. Oh, um, yeah. I've been to Mexico. 
Okay. Well, this twice. reminds me of third world countries. This is what's going on in New York. This shit is crazy. <laughs> Look at this. Look at this shit. Look at this shit. In New York, Times Square. Wow. We have a problem in the United States of America. And the problem isn't society or culture. The problem isn't drugs or 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 the indoctrination of our youth. The problem is is a corrupt political structure that no longer abides by the rules of the constitution or the consent of the government. That's our biggest problem. Our problem is the people that we were giving the power to fix the problem. I mean, think about the war on drugs since the 1970s, the current day. We have more drugs in this country and on the streets than ever before in history when billions upon billions of dollars have been sent. Taxpayer dollars have been sent to these different administrations to stop drugs. This is a waste of money. All it did is funded drugs. It funded black operations through the intelligence agencies to fund their special operations. They went in there and overthrew third world countries, took over the drug production, and then ran into the streets of the United States of America, taking 20% off top of all the transactions so they could run a black budget projects. Oh my God. There's so much I want to say. Open borders make more sense when you know that. Yeah. Donald Trump retruthed this one, a very sad result for our justice system, but so much has been exposed, far more than anyone thought possible. Um, it, you know, this is interesting. I mean, Dushenko was acquitted, but Comey and the FBI are guilty of perpetuating the Russia hoax. And this is what I've been saying. Dushenko, Sussman, um, these, are, these are small fish. Right. Klein Smith, these are small fish. And that I think what John Durham is doing is he is entering evidence into the courts legally, setting the narrative up that that the FBI at the top knew that this was all bullshit and they lied and passed it through anyway, which is sedition and a coup. And I think that's who he's going to go after. I think that's where the real indictments are going to come from. But I think that what is happening here, why do we have Kleinsmith, Sussman, Dushenko, midterm elections? Think about this. Get all the small fish out of the way. Then when Republicans come in, American First candidates come in and take over the House and the Senate, they impeach Joe Biden, they investigate 2020. By the time Donald Trump comes back in, Durham is now indicting Comey, Rosenstein, McCabe, Clinton, three mm. years down the road. And now you have Donald Trump who's, you know, appointing judges again. I'm just saying. I hope so, dude. That'll be the day. Yep. It's definitely a long-term plan, which I, I don't love, but what really other options are there? I, I agree. Uh, let me see here. Vatican has reportedly renewed its secretive deal with communist China for a second time. The pact has been widely planned as harmful to the faithful Catholics of the country, causing even more persecution. The Vatican has renewed this secretive deal 
Uh, the Sino-Vatican Agreement was reached originally in 2018 with heavy influence of the now-disgraced former Cardinal Ted McCarrick and was renewed in October 2022. The deal has been extended for another two years and we reconsidered in 2024. The pact has been widely planned as harmful and uh, to the faithful Catholics of the country, notably in addition to allowing the CCP to determine bishop selection. It also gives Vatican recognition of the state-established and approved church, the Chinese Catholic Patriotic Association. Isn't that something? This is wild, man. That's um, that's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as much as I could care less about the Vatican and, and their satanic cabal, um, and anybody wants to argue with me on that, good luck. Bring it on. But as much as uh, you know, I could care less about them, the fact that they team up with the CCP to, to get into communist China, but allows China to basically select their, their cardinals and, and run their churches, absurd. All right, uh, let me see. Putin has declared martial law in the annexed regions of Ukraine. I love how political kind of titles this right here. Putin declares martial law in the illegally annexed regions of Ukraine. So I don't love the fake news. I saw a TikTok today, and this guy yeah. was talking about Putin, uh, um, apologetic Putin sympathizers, right? Okay. And he starts talking about the 1991 borders agreement with Russia, how... Uh, Ukraine's borders were were set in place. He talks about the Holomar massacre back in the 1940s, where uh, you know the Soviets basically killed uh, you know ethnic Ukrainians and so forth, and you know this is what brought about the the whole borders. And that uh, he he attributed this to like this is that if certain counties in California wanted to break off and join Mexico, California mm -hmm. would not let them join Mexico. That's their sovereign territory. They're going to fight to protect that. And that's exactly what's happening right now. Well, here's the problem what this guy doesn't fucking understand. Is if a, a county in the state of California votes unanimously to leave California, they have that right. Welcome to the United States of America. And guess what? In Ukraine, they have that right under their constitution to vote and say, we no longer want to be a part of you. Okay? So that fucking dipshit on TikTok was saying this, I understand his perspective. But he was also talking about the genocide and so forth. And I said, well, what about the 28 bio labs that were producing genetically targeted bioweapons that were being utilized for over 14 years on those people in eastern Ukraine that had Russian, um, you know, genetics? Nobody talks about that. Vladimir Putin talks about that all the time. And I bet he would say, oh, there's no evidence to substantiate, right? I mean, that's where theory. these people come from. It's Plus, I think he's theory. wrong about the borders in the first place, but I yeah. don't know. I haven't read it all for myself, all the legal documentation on that. But Look, if, if, if 100,000 people in a county vote and say, you know, 89% of the people vote and say, hey, we don't want to live here anymore. We don't want to live yeah. in this country anymore. We want to be a part of Mexico. Too fucking bad. That's the will of the people. Yep. Well, they couldn't join Mexico, but they could join like Idaho or Nevada. Or become independent. Right. Or become independent. Well, actually, no. So they oh, can't really? become an independent state in the United States. It's against the, the constitution. Country. They can't become an independent country. They hmm. um, can, can join with another state. In order to get statehood in the United States of America, there has to be a constitutional convention with two-thirds majority. And no new states can be created um, without a, per, a processual um, system in place. So, 
Russia warns World War III is all but guaranteed if Ukraine's Western allies continue to meddle in the ongoing conflict. Russia has issued the grim warning to the rest of the world. World War III is all but guaranteed if Ukraine's Western allies continue to meddle in their ongoing conflict. Specifically, the top Kremlin official threatened worldwide destruction should NATO approve Ukraine's request to join the organization. Kiev is well aware that such a step would mean a guaranteed escalation to World War III. Um, Russian officials have never voiced a threat to use any weapons of mass destruction. Meanwhile, in Europe, some politicians openly call for such actions. Even a number of politicians from the EU do not conceal and do not rule out the possibility of using weapons of mass destruction against Russia. We've seen all the documents. We know all the stories. Russia braces for Ukrainian offensive in Kherson. What we know so far, Kiev's troops are reportedly moving out for the major push on Kherson. Uh, Ukrainian forces are heading towards the Russian border city of Kherson. Media and local officials report Russian authorities have begun relocating citizens eastward across the Denver River. Kherson, the capital of the formerly Ukrainian region that joined Russia following the referendum in September, is located on the western bank of the Dnieper River, which exposes it to possible Ukrainian attack. On Wednesday, the deputy head of the local administration, Kirill Steminizov, reported the escalation of hostilities involving up to two Ukrainian infantry battalions after preliminary bombardment by the artillery. The group went on the offensive. There's a large number of enemy middle-range drones and reconnaissance uh, Bakhtar drones keeping out of reach of air defenses, he announced in a statement on social media. At this point, all attacks have been fended off. We are holding the defense lines, he added. So Russia is mm. going to be prepping for this. That's going to be interesting. <laughs> and if Russia doesn't hold that, this is just going to escalate further. I mean... It's this is insane, and yep. the the location of that's really interesting, being south of that river on the coast of Ukraine, southern of what was Ukraine, I guess. Um, and there's been a lot of talk about that dam above it holding a huge lake being targeted and bridges being targeted, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Right. So it could really get ugly there. Well, and this is one of the main reasons they're saying that Ukraine is headed to Crimea because Crimea is on the other side of Kherson. Right. And that is a major stronghold for Russia in the sense of uh, logistical mobility um, to fight against Ukraine. Wow. Yeah. This is like I said, quickly, Russia's going to have a declaration of war really soon here. I'm telling you. Uh, part of Russian's bombers are intercepted by NORAD jets in the Alaska defense zone. Again, they buzzed it. They were still in international airspace, but okay. uh, they are definitely testing American air defenses in those areas. U.S. military base sells Chinese government-made smart devices with privacy policies stating data can be sent to China. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> the United States government is actively selling potential surveillance devices to military, American military personnel and families on military bases that are directly manufactured by the Communist Chinese Party. Chinese-made smart televisions in the homes of soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, and their families, as well as millions of others, could be collecting massive amounts of personal and technical data and transmitting it back to the CCP affiliates in mainland China. Two brands of smart televisions, primarily sold in the United States, TCL and Hisense, have drawn recent scrutiny. Uh, both TCL and Hisense are Chinese government state-owned enterprises that are under the control of the Qingdao and Guangdong governments, respectively. SEC filings show that TLC is or TCL is owned specifically by the Huzhuang Municipal Government of Chinese Guangdong Province. <sighs> there you go. I mean, that's I mean, smart on China, right? Dumb on America. 
Yeah, they've probably been doing this for a long time, and we have smart fridges. We have yep. smart everything. Well, how do you think Russia Russia gets these uh, these uh, these special documents from the United States defense about uh, they were going to preemptively strike Russian missile sites? Spies? No, oh, technology. Yeah. Spy. Yeah. yeah, spies. So Israel is not going to send any uh, defenses to Ukraine to fight, help them fight against Russia. Uh, this came after... Russia declined that uh, Iranian kamikaze drones were Iranian, but they were instead built by themselves. And I said, they just basically had the plans. They built them in Russia. Okay. Hmm. Uh, semiconductor ban accelerates severing of U.S.-China ties. We talked about this a little bit. Experts believe American semiconductor ban in China has accelerated the severing of the ties between the two countries. The U.S. Department of Congress issued a ban on October 7th which put into place new export restrictions on advanced semiconductors and chip manufacturing equipment bound in mainland China. The new rules sought to prevent the Chinese Communist Party from getting their hands on American technology and subsequently using it for their own military development. Um, previously, capital was leaving China, and the next trend is technology professionals leaving China. And we just saw this through the executive order of Joe Biden the other day. This is going to be bad. Economic warfare at its finest. I'm not. Nobody's filtering Facebook. Sorry. I don't. What do you mean by stop filtering Facebook? Uh, filtering my. I don't know who's filtering your comments. Sorry, not us. We don't have any mods there. But there's certain keywords you can't say on there, like the B word. Just an FYI. Um. So Karen, nobody is censoring you, us, but there are certain keywords that you can't say on there because they get us banned like vaccine, I think, and stuff like that, but uh, or or Q, Quales, that type of stuff. Anyways, sorry if that is filtering that. I apologize. Ah, portion of Mississippi River closes again as drought crisis worsens. Uh, water levels in the Mississippi River are so low that the Army Corps, Army Corps of Engineers is building a 1,500-foot-wide levee to keep salt water out of drinking water. This isn't good. We talked about this a little bit yesterday. This is going to have a massive effect on U.S. agricultural um, shipments, especially this fall, because parts of the Mississippi, they cannot transit. And if it's happened in the Mississippi, it's probably happened in the Missouri. It's probably happened to all of them. Um, Oops. The water supply being tainted is huge, too. You can't survive long without water. Yeah. We can talk about that one tomorrow. And exclusive videos. So this is cool. Dramatic videos of UFOs over the Pacific are revealed as expert pilots describe seeing bright lights moving in racetrack circles over the summer, but say their employers told them to keep quiet. Pilots claim they saw UFOs while flying on routes to Japan and Hawaii in August and September. Now captains and former F-18 pilot describe the DailyMail.com seeing bright lights moving in elongated circles or racetracks for hours high in the sky. The series of sightings were seen by dozens of pilots and captured on video and in aircraft traffic control um, recordings. Witnesses tell the Daily Mail that they are now being told by their employers to keep quiet. Pilot Chris Van Bohoris said UFO sightings are quite common among pilots. Out of my pilot friends, at least 50% have seen some type of anomaly. Van Bohoris said his employer do uh, told him to cease and desist, even mentioning the incident to the public, and that he feared his job could be at risk for reporting his sighting. And uh, if you go outside at night and look at the night sky, you're going to see some massive stuff happening. Just letting you know. 
it, it's ramping up these days. I'm actually going to go out tonight UFO hunting. I got a lot of work Good luck. Done, but I'm going to get some time to go out there. Um, thank you, Gump, for the $1. Make it rain. Patriot <laughs> Bird gifted a cookie. Aloha snack bar. Thank you so much, Patriot Bird. Also gifted another cookie. <laughs> Vader369 gifted a can. Thank you so much, Vader369. Nate Henley gifted a can. Thank you so much, Nate. Me, Brenda, gifted a one-month subscription to Claudia13, as well as Winston Snakeboot Third, as well as Zeman76. Thank you so much, me, Brenda. You are absolutely awesome. Thank you guys, everybody, for all the donations tonight. If you want to help support the Red Pill Project and everything we do, there's another way you can do that. You can go to our Give, Send, Go campaign. To those that have donated, thank you so much. The Give, Send, Go campaign, you can find that at redpills.tv slash go or givesendgo.com slash redpills. As well as if you guys are interested in that gold and silver, I'm telling you, get your IRAs and your 401ks on over there, getgoldtoday.com, or give a call, 720-605-3900 with Dr. Kirk Elliott. If you guys are shopping on MyPillow, use that promo code RPP. If you guys need that long-term 25-year-plus food storage, mypatriotsupplyredpills.tv slash Patriot. And if you want to subscribe, please subscribe to the channels that you are at right now. Like, comment, and share. Don't forget to go over to redpills.tv. That is our primary website and subscribe over there, as well as our private social network where we do nightly Zooms out there. And that's at socialredpill.com. Much love, respect. God bless you guys. We'll see you guys tomorrow, Thursday night, for another episode of the Red Pill Project's Daily Dose. Hope you guys have a fantastic day. Take care. Much love. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.